Hello, Character Arc listeners. Welcome to the Character Arc podcast, where each week we talk about a movie we just watched. We'll start by giving a brief synopsis of the film, open up to a more general discussion, where we'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and what we would change if we were the ones making the movie. And then we'll end with some final thoughts. Uh, I'm Richard Bertelson. And I am Ted Hong. And this week, we watched Hustlers. He's Wall Street, guys. You want them drunk enough to get their credit card? But sober enough to sign a check. We didn't do anything wrong. Tony wouldn't let this happen. I'm going to text him. All right. So, as always, we start with our patented synopsis. Um, Ted, you want to go first? I went with something like scummy guys learn what it's like to be roofied and lose a bit of their life. You really took the side of the ladies on this one then, huh? Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, okay. So not everyone. Not everyone. <laughs> well, I think that uh, my synopsis is working girls invent miracle drug and earn hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, this movie is based on a true story. It's a movie about a group of, of women who make their money stripping, really in a pretty high-class place. We, I, I'm, this is Manhattan, I'm assuming. I don't think it explicitly told me that, but well, it's, it's... I mean, from what I understand, like, like they changed Street. a lot of, um, oh, from details the true story, from the true story. Yeah. It was from the... 2015 article by uh, uh, Jessica Pressler. But yeah, they uh, after the uh, they make a lot of their money. Um, these girls do very well because their clientele are the richest of the rich Wall Street bros. Um, yep, who... that's a good way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and once the 2008 market crash happens and a lot of them lose a lot of money and a lot of financial institutions go out of business. A lot of job security kind of a right. situation. Uh, their club becomes not quite so dependent on the income it once could. Not only that, but uh, out of a little bit of desperation, the club kind of turns to really things that, you know close to prostitution and a lot of these women don't want to do that for you know reasonable reasons uh you know not to say anything about people who do want to be sex workers in places where it's legal and safe and protected right uh but that's not the case here and the movie lets you know that it's definitely not the case here so they end up going on this scheme where they just kind of get some guy they they make a commission at first by getting guys into this club which is now failing so they go out party with the guys for a second and then bring them back to the strip club and kind of just cheat them by by blacking them out and charging up their credit card and then the right. club gives them a commission on it now, i don't think that was what it was initially they, it just ended up becoming that way because they, of how many they pulled in the first time they did it, it they only did it they didn't they didn't drug them that time they just got them really drunk and then they made a commission off the sales for having brought them oh, in. Oh, okay. But no, they didn't. I, they didn't drug them then. It was just them going out. Right, and, right, and right. Get, and no, I remember that. It was I like just, street marketing. But then but things a... they escalate into the point where they even cut out the club and just start straight up drugging these guys, just stealing their credit card information, like robbing them blind for the most part. Whenever they had a complaint, they said, well, you had a great time. It's not our fault. You blacked out, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, that's the, that's the, basic, that's the basic real plot of the film. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this movie? Did you like it? Uh, I thought it was 
pretty good. It was kind of overall. I thought it was kind of. I guess it's with the pacing of the movie because uh, they jump around a lot, and obviously it's a recounting of through Constant uh, Wu's character, uh, Destiny, Destiny or, or Dorothy. Dorothy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so she's just telling the interviewer, and of course that that makes sense to me. But then there were times where it seemed like there were tonal shifts. Where I mean, I appreciated it because when I actually went into like this sort of humor, it was just like this awkward humor. Like uh, honestly, I loved Mercedes. She <laughs> she was the most hilarious one to me. I loved her. Just because when she freaks out about... And she's always in the situation where some guy is about to die. And so she she's the one who vomits every time? <laughs> no, no. That's that's Annabelle. Oh, that's Annabelle. Uh, Mercedes... <laughs> when the guy plops down, like, he, he's... You know that term fencing, where your body is, like, completely... Like a plank of wood and it falls over? Yeah. Right. It was the first time they drug someone, and... She, and she's freaking out I was like oh my god he's dead just kind of like over the top and just adding to it okay i know and, what you're talking about yeah. now yeah she uh was she there also when the guy jumped off the roof yeah that was her yeah, and she's they, just always stuck with and this. then they're like shoot help me carry him yeah. is he dead no are we gonna kill him no yeah exactly <laughs> we're gonna yes. get him to a hospital right. <laughs> are we gonna kill him? exactly that's what i mean it's like she brings this humor into these scenes and it's like it's i mean it's par for the course because She's freaking out over someone who's possibly dead, and she's now involved in this situation. Right. Um, but yeah, sorry, going back to it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I liked it. Um, there was a way that it was done, obviously, because I don't know. Like, I was afraid, but this is before I knew who was directing. Possibly a male director. Yeah. Doing certain shots and certain sequences in a certain way, mm. because like it could have been presented in a different way, and it could have been done tastelessly. Because here's the thing: the movie, the movie is about strippers. The movie is about a very attractive women um, who are in a profession where they're often scantily clothed, and it could just be this hornball fest. Yeah. And it's not actually. It's not. Um, the movie focuses very much on female friendship. Mm. And yeah, these ladies like to have fun. They like to party. And the movie does show them in various states of undress. There is some nudity in the film. Um, although I will note, it's not pornographic. The, right. The movie it's does not. not like, it's so egregious. It's in dressing rooms in the background, the same way as it is in locker room scenes in like a football movie. Right. It's uh. It's and for the most part, the, the each one of them, even though like you mentioned, the movie jump jumps so around so much, mm-hmm. which it does. It moves very quickly. Every scene is very short, which I actually love because it would it would suck for the movie to move so quickly if you missed a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. but this 30 seconds is a meeting this 30 seconds is this character's personality Very this 30 point. seconds is this th- something about this character's background that we need to know because of their next action right this you know and so you're actually getting so much character so much motivation so much drive in a super efficient way that's fun and flashy because it is it does take place in the world of glamour and right. and strip clubs and stuff like that and rich and like opulence that it's almost a music video yeah but a music video if we if those background dancers and stuff that were running around in music videos if they were real people who had children to take care of or who had bills to pay or who feared for their future or who had bigger dreams like jennifer lopez's character you know she wanted to go on like she was this far away from her degree to start her fashion line um or constance Wu's character who has a daughter at home and just needs to make ends meet but a good example of kind of how the storytelling is so efficient like she's in a relationship Constance Wu's character, who is Destiny, she meets a guy 
in a bar. There's no dialogue spoken. You know, he kind of waves her over. She gives him a smile. She moves over to sit next to him. And then almost the next shot is them fighting. But, like, way later. Like, it's like they may, they've been a in a relationship yeah, for, yeah. like, three months now. Mm-hmm. It's a normal relationship fight. Can I add real quick? Yeah. That part where he waved her over, I thought it was kind of weird. It was just kind of... There was something sleazy a little bit about it, as opposed to, like... I think there was, too, but... He, like, he commanded her to come over, as opposed to him, like, leaning over... Far, like, he was sat back, and he told her to come over where he could have leaned over. Do you know what I'm saying? He could it's have. Just like, it's it was just, just, like, the little nuances of yeah. that sequence is... I'll say two things. I think it's readable as a flirty little dance, but also I will say foreshadows the fact that he won't be a good boyfriend or no. father to her eventual child. Mm-hmm. That he's not that great of a guy. But also, that guy has about 45 seconds of screen time. Yeah. But you understand everything about that relationship. And I love a filmmaker who can zero in on those exact images you need to understand... Quickly portray. ...that there are complicated things going on in these people's lives. That way, we can still go to the, the sort of what evolves into a criminal conspiracy right. without... Without slowing down that exciting part of the criminal conspiracy, nor without losing the idea that these are real people who have real problems and they're here for the betterment of often their families with a couple exceptions um, who just kind of get caught up in the greed of it and the power of it. I will jump on that because oftentimes I feel like other movies and how they try to portray this, it's usually through almost in the same time frame of like 45 seconds, they actually show what goes on instead of saying in a line of dialogue, you know, I've had a string of bad relationships Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth, right? So they actually show it and they show the most, the bullet points of what would demonstrate why this is bad. Exactly. And how quickly it progresses. You get so much information in such little time. And even when when you might argue that the movie isn't directly advancing the plot, which again, these scenes that quote-unquote, aren't directly advancing the plot are still, again, only 30 seconds long. They're building this sense of connection between... uh, Ramona and... and uh, Destiny. Yeah. And you're starting to understand how much they actually... No matter how fraught their friendship might become, you know they love each other. You know, like, like plutonically, like, that they, they see themselves in each other and they want to look out for each other. And it's just that one character can't push aside certain moral yeah and the other can't let go of 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 success yeah Uh, even though it's criminal success it's Mm -hmm. a success that has brought her great joy two things one on the editing and another on the characters i know you said you like it and the pacing i do kind of like it at some point for me i think i needed some parts to slow down they punctuate it with cutting back to the scene where she's actually talking with the interviewer. And I really appreciated that because it did do that. It did slow down a little bit, and mm-hmm. I really appreciated... Uh, I, and it's also, of course, it's foreshadowing, too. Obviously, we know something's going to... They're going to get into worse stuff because this interview wouldn't be happening if that Otherwise, were the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I also agree with what you're saying in the sense that it stopped being so flashy for a moment, particularly because those scenes... I mean, you've got Julia Stiles and Constance Wu in a room... Two excellent actresses, especially, I mean, people might, if you haven't watched Julia Stiles since a very long time ago in teen movies, you may not feel the same, but... Was she in Swim Fan? Um, was that her? Yes, I believe it was. And I think she's also in the Born, or at least the latest. But she series. has, 
she has had a career, maybe not in the front and center of everything, mm-hmm. where she is a very talented. She actress. is yeah. absolutely. And Constance Wu, I'm not. I think you're probably more familiar with Constance Wu than I am, but the performance her. in this was, I mean, phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely no, she's great. Phenomenal. She touches on so many things. She, I believe her. I believe how she's lured into this. Mm-hmm. I believe how much she loves her daughter. I believe how much she loves Ramona. I. I believe how much it's heartbreaking for her to kind of rat her out a bit, mm-hmm. you know, when when all the chips are down. And I believe how much she wishes she didn't have to do that and they could still have a friendship of some kind. She cares you through so much, not only in those scenes where it's set up where she's kind of desperate, but again, cutting back to when she's talking to uh, Julia Stiles in the interview, and there's just... Sometimes there's close-ups on her face where she's... The she, subtleties of her, like her emotional tells. She's trying right? to get through the story, and you can see how much it hurts and how much it's yeah. difficult. And also how much she's worried it'll portray her friends as bad, even though yeah. she knows it was bad. Right. But, like, there, there but were, she loved them. There were little shots of her like gripping her bracelet mm-hmm. or even pausing a moment and like, reflecting on the question and seeming like she wants to hold on to a secret. Uh, obviously, like there was that... I forget what question it was, where she didn't want to like out or portray her friends as like adding more to the stigma mm-hmm. of like uh, strippers being these seedy people or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. I really appreciate that they weren't like some sort of like caricatures of right. certain uh, archetypes, right? Like they're, they were more nuanced than that. Uh, and same thing goes for like the scummy douchebag uh, Wall Street bros, as you said. Yeah, they, they right. weren't all the same. In like, fact, it, it makes a point because that was the other thing is you could get into this realm where, oh, well, they all deserve it and they're all assholes. Mm-hmm. But actually, there's even this like slight series of scenes when they start targeting people not just for the bar. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah, sometimes it worked. And it was just some, some dude, some horny dude. And they're like, and sometimes it didn't. And, some, and it might have been a joke about how he didn't have that much money. And sometimes it was like, you know, or he saw through us. Meaning, yeah, there was a guy who was like, no, I'm not just here to fuck. Like, you know. Right. And so it's sh- so even though men weren't the focus, okay. it also just didn't paint them in one way either. It didn't right. paint all the women in one in way. way. Yep. And you can run into a difficulty of having that kind of empowerment for women thing, where you then inadvertently kind of suppress the idea that maybe we're all equal. But the movie didn't. The movie was like, no, actually, these women are all very complex. And even though there's a lot of bad dudes that they're dealing with. It made a point of proving that, like, not no, all. and some of them were, some of them were, were not. fine. Like, right. they were good that's, people. Yeah. yeah, that's the point I wanted to make when I first made my synopsis. I was like, yeah, I mean, but it really it really captured the really scummy bastards, like, uh, oh, yeah. you know, like when they balled up the dollars and were throwing. It's like they're so disconnected from reality is the case that they forget that they're people, which it's not. It's, it's a wealth thing. Yeah, and it's not unreasonable to believe that. I mean, we kind of touched on the gender portrayal. The women were were sexualized in a way because of the world they lived in. And most of them took it as an empowering thing. You know, but like, in, It did touch on them being forced in situations they didn't want to be into. Right. And the movie communicated how horrible that is. But, you know, in when they were at their job, their, their regular job, you know, like it was something obviously they were okay with and it was consenting and, and it was something they wanted to do. But it was never it was never lurid or pornographic or anything like that. And uh, also, just 
as far as the movie making sure to be like sex positive mm-hmm. without being gross was a plus size woman and it was never commented on they didn't yeah no one like made fun it. of her for it yeah like exactly that. she performed on stage just like everyone else mm-hmm. like the movie was very i don't want to use the word progressive because i almost sometimes feel like progressive means forced it was just these were all just Accepting. people. They were just, yeah. yeah this is just how it is. Like, they understand In New York, there's a bunch of different type of right. people. And Everybody from different walks of life. Uh, and for the most part, people treat each other okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they understand. Like, this is this is the field that they're in. So they understand that. The, like, there were certain things that they were talking about. Like, uh, like, they're so comfortable with each other. So there was one character who had a problem with her boyfriend who was, like, insanely jealous and very insecure about the situation. But everyone, like, understood this is part of their job. Right, it has a what's not. It's not necessarily a hazard, but it's an occupational uh, concern. Right, yeah. it does complicate some things. But the way they see it, they're very black and white on that. They 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 know which way is up. Right, mm. there's so a, there's never there, a concern for him. Like they know that. And then they kind of go into like they share their own little experience. Like one person said she had never had she hadn't had sex in like two years or something. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know, so then they all kind of they joke have that quick conversation yeah. just yeah. about like you know yeah like they talk about they're not confused about the difference between a professional interaction right and whatever they would do in their personal lives right. So go figure when when you have an almost entirely female cast and you let a woman write and directed it it might turn out a little more accurate to their yeah. lives and representation, not mm-hmm. only of women, but of everyone. Uh, right. <laughs> what I enjoyed about the quick pace, and I didn't mind that it didn't slow down so much, is because it, it thematically reminded me of, from Destiny's character, she's kind of, I take it she's new to, or to the world. Like, this is a profession she hasn't had for a super long time. And... Um, Ramona kind of takes her under her wing and everything kind of starts to get better because not just because oh I'm better but because it, we actually see her train her and help her and right. you know say like we want to work together in this and it shows how you can get caught up because Ramona played by Jennifer Lopez her personality is so like captivating she's she's captivating but she also has a hint of like well I mean she has a daughter but she has a motherly nature as right, well right. she just Accepts someone under their wing, under her wing. I think that the pace, that 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 quick pace of the movie helps capture that idea of getting caught up not only in this new friendship, but also getting caught up in all these big promises. And like your future will be so much better. These are the solutions. And then also, so it's this quick spiral, this whirlwind up into a better and better life. But because. You don't know her that well, no. because also I think part of the the theme of the movie is that like nothing comes that easy. Nothing, nothing. There is no get rich tomorrow scheme that works, or is that it's legit and not risky. And so then we see that just whirlwind of joy because the movie does, again, not without major slowdown. Just just by quick quick thirty second scenes of them having fun, of them going shopping, of them like getting putting not only themselves, but, you know, their children in better places and each other in better places. We see the love between them and how they share that. But then once you're caught up in that and you maybe didn't look at all of the risks involved, the downward spiral is also just as fast and ten times harsher. And when I say you didn't look at all of it, I don't just mean... What goes up must come down. I mean, I mean, like Destiny started to warn. Yeah, I was gonna Ramona say she was about. She's like, 
bringing on new crew members, she's like, no, that person's unreliable. That person is dependent on drugs. That person has a criminal record. Like, right. we can't just start throwing these there people. These... Like, we, it's working now. We can't just... Whereas Ramon at that point is so kind of drunk on the success and the power, which also is something that you probably could have seen coming, Right. that she's not listening to her. And so the movie doesn't just take a downfall because the plot needs it. No, you saw it every it, you step saw of the it way. Coming, yeah. You saw it coming. And even um, Dorothy, uh, Destiny, she even mentioned like she saw it as a sort of a company. She saw herself as a CFO, right? Yeah, she mentioned And she that, was yeah. taking calculated risks necessary for their their company, right? Mm-hmm. And so sustainability, sustainability, rather right? Than overnight marketing. Right. Like she even mentions the one point where it's like uh, we shouldn't completely max out his credit card for fifty thousand. It was just like he'll mm-hmm. never come back again. Right. Right. She understood. I mean, like, the, the premise of the whole thing of drugging and then taking their money, it's devious, right? And I know she saw, that, she saw that, but she was also trying to mitigate how far it would go, whereas, you know... How much danger they would how, be in. Exactly. How much danger they would be in. Like, they tried to make a, a quote-unquote, safer cocktail of this drug, which is potentially very... They, they mixed yeah. ketamine with... Um, MDMA. MDMA, and... Alcohol, because that's what yeah. they—that's how they drink. That was, yeah. That's actually, and that, so that was a concern for me. They I took was some like... pretty serious risks with these people, and so it, you know, in Constance was like, we need to find a balance where this is the least likely something's going to something will go wrong, and the most likely we can sustain it safely, um, because she was worried about her, not her targets. I won't call them her <laughs> clients. Her, um, right. She she didn't want. She was a line she wasn't going to cross. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'd bring up to you about the the moral bounds. Did you did you hate any of these characters? Oh or, no, not at all. Yeah, I didn't either. And that's what's weird. That's what that's a good balance right. because they showed us enough of their humans, and you understood that where the they most, came from. That they had some degree of like just what they needed. Like they had right. like some of them had nothing to begin with, and and got something and wouldn't want to lose it, and had people who depended on them, mm-hmm. and some of them. We're doing well, but then everything was taken away from them, mm-hmm. and so they needed to claw their way back up. Right, and so it was a it was a necessity, yeah. right? And it's not like they were outright trying to hurt anyone. They oh. were targeting specific people at first, right? How, but then yeah. they broadened their their uh, their target pool that, because they started losing because they were copycats, right? That's where I was going to ask you because no, none of them are. We see enough of them that they're not terrible people, but some of the actions are are horrific because of the pacing of the movie they do get to that point where where they no longer use the club and now they have to take them to hotel rooms and stuff like that they started taking riskier steps and then a lot of the girls stopped showing up mainly because of things we saw which like we started to see in brief brief moments which is that no if you go to strange guy's house like you are now suddenly in a lot more danger right not only because there is no neutral area to where they could essentially walk away from right, because they, they any one of them i mean with with the drug presumably they're slightly safer but then is drugging someone without their knowledge that's a that's a terrible thing to do but also i guess it makes them slightly less likely to get raped however you can't guarantee that that drug's going to get in them based on how you administered and when you're able to administer and all that stuff and mm-hmm. also again it's like it's like everyone's wrong in that situation like you know and so they stop showing up because they see the risks and then eventually the only people who are left to show up are the ones that the original um, crew 
no, they, they, the original crew are the ones who started to leave. And that's why we're left with Dawn. Dawn. And by the way, Dawn was about to. Did you catch that scene when Dawn called him over to her apartment after Dawn had already been. She'd already been arrested. Uh huh. And so she was ratting out the other two, who I think are the only other two in the organization at that point. And she asked them to come over because something. Because, oh, because that's the gambit. Oh, my sisters will come over or whatever. Because that yeah, gets yeah. the guy super excited. Mm hmm. And the audio in that scene was a recording. Yes. Yeah. It's the it's, it's the characters just regularly in the I noticed scene that. speaking their regular dialogue, but the audio quality is that of a recording, just tipping you off that it's it's he's wearing a wire, or it's she's funny. wearing a wire, and it's like I've never seen that done in a movie. It's subtle and it's clever as hell. Like what a great, great way to tip your. Your hands to show that they're being, yeah. that it's a setup. No, I was actually, I have in my notes the use of sounds because I was surprised by, I mean, there is there is the pretty uh, standard stuff, as I said, with like the slow-mo and the music. But then there's the part where when, and I had to think about this, it was when Dorothy was asked about Ramona. Sorry, I'm going to come back to what we're discussing. But another example of the use of sound was when Dorothy was asked about Ramona to go further into it, and she wanted to talk about nothing about it she wanted to say nothing and all the audio went down right mm -hmm. to it was sort of like muffled little sound effects yeah. of them walking up until the point where she closes the door it goes to show that she's trying to suppress yeah um, at first it seems like she hated ramona but the point was actually she was she felt really guilty mm -hmm. for taking the plea deal and you can see that because often you try to run away from whatever you don't want to right right it wasn't that she was angry and and it occurred to me because she kept asking, what does what did Ramona say about her? Mm -hmm. Right? Could be construed both as she hates her, but also she feels bad about what she did. She didn't want that to ruin their friendship. But she even said, because uh, then she, Ramona says, like, why? And she says, for Lily, Lily her, her daughter. daughter. Mm -hmm. And then it's a line that comes back from earlier in the movie when only Ramona was the, was a parent at the time, and she says, you know, motherhood's a form of mental illness. And at that yeah, point... Yeah, there's another point. Yeah, um, that's great. Ramona acknowledges that, and that's why they hug, even though she mm -hmm. just ratted her out. They right. hug at that moment because it's like... It's like she knew Dorothy didn't want to hurt her. She just had to choose between her or her daughter. Mm -hmm. And they actually understood that. But that doesn't mean, I mean, anyone who's ever had a big falling out with a friend knows that, like, it doesn't, you didn't do, do something it out of bad malice. to that friend because you hated them. You just, you were in an impossible p p situation. Mm -hmm. And and we we don't ever know that they connect or, re or not again, right? It yeah, I end, don't know. It just ends with you should call her, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, not in the movie, yeah, we don't know. It ended but, up on the on But the they, and even even then it has that little flashback of what, what did she say about me when you last saw her? And she has just that picture. Yeah. And it's like, they both, their bond was super deep. And you knew, it, like the movie built it and you felt it. That's great. And so for them to be at odds at the end is one of the purest examples of i mean that's just life and i want to jump on to the performance because you were talking about how constance Wu's her performance was phenomenal absolutely. i agree absolutely i agree in that scene where uh dorothy slash destiny 
says that she took the plea ramona has to like struggle to process everything like she's freaking out mm-hmm. it's kind of like that moment it's like you know where you fucked up yeah and but the re- the consequences haven't quite arrived yet and you're now just anticipating what's going to happen you could see that there were like these short trembles in her her hands and mm-hmm. she, her she teared up a little bit but it was just enough and just the little bit in her voice she communicated she, so much in such in such subtle ways was yes, the case, yeah. yeah. And I think the movie, I think even all the other side characters, I, I'm not, I would never point to necessarily that kind of performance from them, but they all at least gave four characters who were in movie for sometimes, you know, probably a collective of ninety seconds. You you knew who they were. They had they had some personality. They had trait a character, yeah. That, that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really really good. Well done. You know when you brought up the scene where uh, uh, Ramona first took in destiny uh i don't know usually when you watch something like that where it happens so quick you know where things kind of um click just instantly Mm. you're often very skeptical in movies because usually if it's something they'll slow it down a little bit but in this one they they didn't it's almost like a trope right where it feels like a setup right because uh otherwise it's just too accepting too fast mm-hmm. that you know this person is probably going to throw them under the bus but that wasn't the case because the other problem with that is that a movie might also just come up as like okay well why are they friends but they immediately showed you her helping her but no she was just a nice person. she was just a nice person yeah and the the where we got in the end with the 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 escalating criminal behavior was just was a product personal of circumstance f- yeah it was it was a product of their own personal flaws where mm-hmm. yeah uh Ramona just was like loving the success and just kept going with it, right? I think Ramona also feared she was used to her lifestyle. Not that doesn't make it right, but she was used to a lifestyle and she feared losing that. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Exactly. So these characters have these these personal flaws that you can understand. And along with some of the really scummy guys, they are extreme in what they do. But they're not extreme in the sense of how they're represented. For example, and not just like, not all of. I mean, not all of them. Like right, some of not them all are of them. pretty mild. Like even when you get to Doug, like Doug, Doug like, had was a pretty situation. down on his luck and kind of just needed a good time. Not in like, oh, I got a bunch of money and I need a good time. Like right. some of them, he was just kind of like, get I out think of he had world. low self esteem and mm-hmm. he was just like kind of unfortunately taken advantage of because he had. It says he. He lost his wife over a recently born kid with autism, right? And she, that she wasn't ready for, and he, and then his house burned down, and yeah, um, and it was like he really just needed companionship from these ladies, and that's where that's one of the places where where uh, destiny breaks is that she's like, we did not do, do this, this to some asshole, we, right? Like he's. He's not that different from us. I mean, I think we hit a lot on it. And I mean, I know I I purposely gave that more realistic synopsis of the film because the film is pretty straightforward in the sense that, you know, it's it's a movie about strippers. It's a movie about strippers eventually coming up with a scheme to make a make a bunch of money real fast by taking advantage of rich guys, most of whom are assholes. Uh, Doesn't sound like there's much up. There's much to it, but actually, there is. There are performances. There is writing. There is editing, and there is style to this movie. That if you go watch a trailer for Hustlers, I think you might think it's some pretty shallow, like exploitive film. It is not. It is a very good example of filmmaking in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not 
gonna call it perfect, but also I would have a real hard time changing much. I was actually gonna say I don't think I have much to change. I, the only thing that I would kind of change, because even on the technical side, as it, as we talked about with the audio and like the music video quality mm-hmm. um, and the pacing, like I do see its merits. Um, I just said with my personal preference, with it being slower in some scenes, like maybe the part where they first meet. Sure. Um, but that I can understand might have dragged on too. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't have much to offer for change. It never slowed down. And but what what forgave that for me tonally is that it did get away from the club atmosphere or the shopping montages and stuff in a way that like that is suddenly shot kind of handy cam running behind her like kind of are you talking about when she took her daughter to school yeah it, yeah, yeah and then suddenly it shot like that that shot like uh that shot like an indie drama like, yeah and even though it doesn't slow down the director was still aware enough to change the tone and the color scheme. If you remember, yeah. like it was very, uh, what's the term? Well, it's very like washed out. Mm-hmm. If you notice, like when she pulls into the driveway to run to her house, I noticed that the color was cause with, um, when it was during the club, uh, or anything earlier in the film, the colors were more vibrant, but this one, everything seemed more washed out. And even when they walked up to the school, I noticed that it, it but I didn't it's... realize the, the shift. Like I, I acknowledged it, but I didn't really reason as to why. Because she's caught up, because I think if I were to make a guess based on on the director's choice for that kind of thing, or the DP's choice, is that uh, there's this glamorous world, which looks like a music video. It's not real. Right. And she goes home, this is real. All and it doesn't shot. look that great. Mm-hmm. Even in the look she gets from people in the background. Which is a nice subtlety, too, yeah. because, like... They're not cutaway shots forcing you into it. It's just... You just she, glance over. Yeah. you. But here's here's what I think was great about that shot was because we know that we're following her and her daughter. Nothing about that aspect has changed. So everything in her surroundings are changing. Yeah. Um. So as we come across... We come upon these two uh, ladies that are talking, we're expecting to see their reaction. Like, we just naturally want to draw our eyes to that as opposed to having mm-hmm. someone cut in a different shot and forcing that upon us. Right. Um, and then the slow reveal when she turns around, she's got blood on her shirt. Right, yeah. All of this culminates to the point where it's reasonable for uh, Dorothy to plead guilty yeah. for what she did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. She had warned uh, Ramona, and it just kept on going. The momentum just... No one really does anything that that a person wouldn't do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Even even Dawn, because because of what we know of Dawn, mm-hmm. it was already within her nature. Was the right, case exactly. right? Are there any other, are there any other major points you'd like to hit? Actually, no. I'm about ready to wrap up. Um, I I wanted to because we had talked about one thing. I forgot to mention too when we're talking about kind of the sexualization and sort of the way that films are usually shot. And of course, again, there is a lot of female nudity generally done naturally and tastefully. Naturally, yeah. Um, but also something that very rarely happens in movies is that there's also full frontal full male frontal nudity. Full frontal male nudity. Um, I was going to say, that's actually in my notes here. <laughs> is something that wouldn't happen if a, well, if a guy directed this movie. Not any guy. Obviously, there are plenty of guys who could do it responsibly. Mm-hmm. But there probably would have been a lot more super in-your-face, tasteless female nudity, and you would have never seen any male and it's, it's just brief like, and it's yeah. you know whatever right so but. it was done in a way because it was par for whatever scenario they were in like the locker right. room that kind of thing like it wasn't gratuitous was the case and in this case where we see the 
uh, a full frontal male nudity. It was because he was drugged. It's, he was it's high dramatic. Off. Sometimes yeah. nudity in film... Sometimes nudity in film is to be erotic, and sometimes nudity in film, if you look at a film like Schindler's List, um, is to show vulnerability. Vulnerability, vulnerability, vulnerability. yeah. Like, yeah, ex- yeah. you're exposed. And that's what this was. Like, they had gone overboard in their plans. Metaphorically. And this guy is now... Completely He exposed. has nothing. Yep. He is, like, in his... And he is in his most basic form. So, but they're not working at the club, is that correct? I think that they were when it started. When it started, but once further they, on. Once they got more successful at just drawing them in, I think they could stop dancing at that right. point. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, once they cut the club out, they weren't dancing at all. Right. She, okay. she, even, she even says, you'll never have to dance again. Right. So, at that point, they are not dancing, correct? Right. So, then, how are they... I'm trying to think of, like, sort of like a cover story, where if they're getting all this money, large, like, pretty hefty amounts of money... How how are they not drawing any attention, right? Ultimately, what, what, where's their source of income coming coming from? Is ultimately, the they're probably. I mean, I don't know. The movie didn't touch on it, but the movie touched on the investigation that got them caught very briefly. Mm-hmm. But I bet any denials they had of like, oh well, he took me out or whatever. I think that's when the police. Like, I think if you read like the actual investigation, mm-hmm. again, the movie didn't tell us something it should have, but. That's where, because they're they're. It showed them make the excuse. Oh well, you had a good time. Like it was the bar tab and stuff like that. Right. Or you know you bought me this. But I think that once the police got investigating, they that's exactly what the downfall probably was, which is that no, you bought a you bought a an apartment right. and you bought a car. Like so, yeah. That's why it raised the, these questions. T- these for tabs me. that the, you're saying they have. It weren't tabs. They were you spending money. You were taking money from them. Right. So that's probably... I bet in the real world but, that was their downfall, but the movie didn't tell us. Well, see, that was my point. It's like, before they got caught, if they were... Like, if, you know, we were talking about sustainability. Um, because already, with their customer service response, right, they were hiding in plain sight. They were saying, well, you had a good time. You mm. bought this, right? I mean, what are you going to... Are you going to tell your, your wife and your family and mm. that you had spent all this money here? And part of the point of the movie, I think, is that they could never have. They were always going to get caught. Um, right. That, that especially Ramona's form of doing this more riskier and riskier guaranteed that this was going to happen. So I, I think that the movie's point is, no, they were always going to get caught. Even if it wasn't here, it would have been soon. Right. Uh, there's another point that I would like to uh, mention that I think was really good. Um, and it's sort of... Regarding the unreliable narr- narrator, mm. the unreliable narrator, uh, was in the scene where, because even I felt this, because we were talking about pacing, they're pretty quick, right? And then it gets to the part where they're they're having the Christmas party, and I felt like, in comparison to the rest of the movie that we had seen so far, it seemed to have slowed down, mm-hmm. right? They had stayed in one location, probably for, the longest scene right. in the movie, and, and I, it's not that long, but it's, it's the longest not that scene yeah compared yeah. to everything else prior to that, right? And now if you think about it, it's because she's talking about the situation. She wanted to focus on that because it immediately is contrasted with her. Can we get back to the where the interviewer is asking uh, oh, yeah. to go back to the original? I was like, why are we lingering on this? Because usually those kinds of scenes are used to enhance the sort of the stakes, right? Because this is like the highest high, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's together. And then it's going to be used to contrast what happens next. And it does, but 
in that moment, I was wondering why we were seeing that for so long. It's because that's what she wanted to focus on. She didn't want to talk about anything else after that. I really liked the humor. Um, yeah. It was funny. It was... I... <laughs> Because that was that actually kind of crept up because in the uh, like maybe first twenty minutes it wasn't really there. Yeah, they yeah. did kind of like there was a banter between everyone, but then like the situations like uh, that shit see. started going wrong. It yeah, it was funny. Um, like as I said with Mercedes, she's just she was. I think just you so started funny. getting the impression they were never cut out for this, so, or some yeah. of them were never really cut out for this. And right. So, and uh, An- yeah. Annabelle's vomiting, uh, Dawn's song. <laughs> when it came on <laughs> and just Dawn's hyper representation of how she is right mm. uh and then them testing out the drugs and being knocked out um and yeah, i was gonna funny. say with the dream sequence she had described it and i usually would think it's like kind of usually poorly done but they actually did okay because it wasn't when they transitioned into the dream sequence you didn't think it was a dream sequence you thought she was leaving somewhere but you immediately knew because she described it before that it was a dream that sequence. it was a dream sequence, and you can feel even so. so I felt the panic for her. I think because you knew that things were building to a head for her, the fact that she already told you about the dream made it seem like the dream wasn't cheap. It made I think it actually communicated directly to you. You know what her biggest fear is, and you know she's hit it. Right. Usually, I mean, from what I've seen before. Usually when a character describes a dream and then it ha- it happens, I'm usually rolling my eyes because it's not that it's not done well. But in this one, it we jump into the dream sequence without ever actually recognizing that it is a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it highlights the what's at stake for her. So everything is just going and she can't stop it. I'm actually I feel I feel like I I feel like I got it out there. I'm ready to wrap up if you are. I mean, I I, I enjoyed the movie. I, I had no just so everyone's clear like I never even saw the trailer for this movie. I knew that uh, Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu was in it and that's about it, but it it's a it's a good movie and I think that if you're on the fence, go see it definitely. I think that's an episode you're ready to call it quits, sir. Let's call it quits. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Character Arc podcast. Um, Don't forget to look us up on characterarc.net and never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Please please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, preferably a five-star review because that helps people find us. Uh, You know, they have an algorithm that gets us up there and all that stuff. You can also comment, you know, subscribe and like on Instagram at characterarc and Facebook at characterarc. I've been Richard Bertelson. Uh, you've been Richard. I'm Ted. And I always will be Ted. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>